The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket and welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 Recap. Uh, this is the episode where we're going to count down to Avengers Endgame, going through each of the Marvel movie releases over the last uh, 11 years, starting with Phase 1. So my name is Kerwin and joining me today is Jason. What's up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm just hanging out, man. Uh, what are you drinking today? I actually got something special today. I busted it out for this recap, a little Pliny the Elder. So I'm excited to drink it. Nice. Sounds marvelous. Yeah. (laughs) Marvelous. That's one. Yeah. Uh, Also joining us today is Mugga. How you doing, Mugs? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking? Uh, Compliments of uh, Jason Lucas Brewery. I also have a Pliny. He got me one. Uh, Making his return is Bling. Bling, uh, how are you? Hey, Kerwin. How you doing? I'm great. What are you drinking? Uh, Special occasion. So I busted out the Johnny Walker Blue Label. Ah, sounds very good. Uh, Dominic is back with us. Dominic, how you doing? I'm doing well, Curran. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking today? Tall Coors Light. Very good. Uh, very good. Making his debut on the show is Justin. Justin, how are you? I'm well, Curran. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking today? Just some imaginary air right here. Get this man a shield. I don't know. A drink. I don't know. Whatever. That's two. All right. That's not a pun. That's not a pun. That's close to it. That's a reference. All right. So like we said before, we're going to talk about uh, all the Marvel releases coming up leading into Avengers Endgame, which is the culmination of, uh, I think, uh, all 21, 20 Marvel movies. I don't know. I didn't keep count. But uh, all of uh, all of the initial three phases are coming to an end this April, April 26, 2019. So uh, we're just going to have a little uh, discussion about the movies. So first off, let's talk about those movies that are in Marvel Phase 1. We've got Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger. And of course, that phase ended with Avengers. Talking about the history of the MCU, um, Marvel actually came out of bankruptcy uh, in the mid-2000s, and they weren't making a lot of profit off of the movies, the popular movies that were made based on their A-list franchises. So you had like X-Men, Spider-Man, Blade, Daredevil, Fantastic Four. Those movies were being made, but Marvel was seeing very little return. So they were pretty much losing money off of their own property. So they decided that they take out a huge amount of loans, upwards of uh, $500 million, and they would pretty much bet their entire company's stake on whether or not they could create their own movies independently. They did it with a distribution uh, partnership through Paramount. So Marvel would essentially create its own film studio and Paramount would distribute the movies It was a huge gamble because if those movies flopped, uh, Marvel would have to give up the rights to all of their remaining characters to, uh, I think it was Merrill Lynch. I think that's where they got the the loan from because they had nothing to offer as collateral because they had just come out of bankruptcy. So if the two initial films, Iron Man and Incredible Hulk, didn't do well, Marvel pretty much would be owned by a bank, essentially. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty rough. But luckily that didn't happen, and uh, that's we, why we're here today. Can we get into the X-Men franchise? Those were not making money? No, they were making money for Fox. But they just were not for Marvel at yeah, all. Yeah, because like Marvel, Marvel didn't have the rights. They sold off characters, right? Yeah. They sold off so characters. What were they get, so of the X-Men, what were they getting out of it? Like a very small percentage of the profit. Damn. Very small. 
I feel like those did pretty well. They, they, I thought they did. I enjoyed them. You no, know? they did pretty well. But like when you're a multi-million dollar company that does things more than just movies, you have to think about their other streams of uh, you know revenue, like the comics, toys, etc. Like they were definitely making money off of that. But for whatever reason, they were bankrupt in the '90s up until like the mid 2000s. For whatever reason, I can see that happening because I mean, you know, when I was in, in the '90s, you know, I think comic books and the toys and just even everything in general with Marvel was a lot bigger. And then when you got to the 2000s, it's kind of dying off. What, so, what about like the cartoons? So like your X-Men cartoon, your Spider-Man cartoon? But that's all through, that's all through uh, Fox too. Like, you oh, know, shit. yeah. At oh, what okay. point do they start selling off these characters? Uh, like They're like, hey, we got to make money, so let's give the rights to other places. I would assume long before the 90s and 2000s because you had like the, the Hulk TV show, you had the Thor Iron Man and Hulk Avengers special that came out way back in the day. A lot of the movies that we're watching now that are part of the MCU, at one point those rights were given to companies prior. So I think Captain America was with New Line, I think, or Regency. I forget what company, but Captain America's rights were out there. Iron Man's rights were out there well before they took the movie back for themselves. And um, the reason they made Iron Man was because I guess they couldn't they couldn't make the movie like no studio could really crack a story, so the the rights reverted back to Marvel. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's that's how they got the rights to some of these characters back because some of the studios just couldn't make a movie with them. Wow! Yeah. So when did Disney come into play? Uh, Disney came into play, I think it was two thousand nine. So they uh, a couple they years later. Yeah, okay. they um they bought Marvel, I believe, in like two thousand nine, and uh, it cost a it was a four billion dollar deal. So Disney bought Marvel outright for $4 billion. And um, with that, they also bought the distribution rights for all the movies that were supposed to come out in phase one that were supposed to be distributed by Paramount. So when you watch the phase one movies, you'll always see like the Paramount mountain with the stars right. and everything because Paramount still, as part of the deal, uh, the Paramount logo would be featured on all those films. And I think you also see it in Iron Man 3, which was a part of that deal as well. Can we get into how they like categorized or hey, here's what's going to be phase one. Was that an ultimate plan? Or I, I thought they had gone all in with like Iron Man, see how it did, and then they'll go from there. Is it, was no. phase one always already set in stone? Like they had an idea of, yeah, here's what so we're going to do. The idea for a shared universe was always the end goal. Okay. And that was Kevin Feige's idea. That's the like most from, amazing idea in like movie history. Yeah, I think, from, from the jump, that was Kevin Feige's idea. Um, his boss, I believe, uh, Avi Arad, he ditched or like he skipped town like after like um, he didn't believe in the plan. He didn't think it was going to work. And he left, which left Kevin Feige in charge. And Kevin Feige actually became he was made the head of Marvel Studios as far as the exec position, the studio head uh, at age 33. Wow. Age 33 with Iron Man. Um, prior to that, he actually worked on a lot of movies like X-Men and Spider-Man. Fantastic Four, Blade Trinity, and The Punisher, amongst other things. So he did a lot of the Marvel TV stuff, animated stuff. He helped with the you know the movie franchises. He was brought in to kind of be the studio head for Marvel Studios as its own entity moving forward. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Any was there anything about how he came up with the idea? Or he was just like, oh, he just a huge fan of the comics, and he just like, I want to see them all on screen. Or well, that's the thing. Like he he kind of got. Um, his job because he was so knowledgeable about the properties and that's kind of how he got promoted to kind of be like the second in command before uh, I think A-Rad left like his boss like left the scene so um, they were just impressed with his overall knowledge of all the characters and everything and he pretty much put it out there just like hey we might not have X-Men we might not have Spider-Man but we have a bunch of B and C-list heroes 
that we can use and make a cinematic universe out of because he noticed right away that despite giving away a lot of their popular characters from like the 80s and 90s, Marvel still actually had all the rights to the core cast of the Avengers. Right. So like your Ant-Man's, uh, Vision, Iron Man, Cap, all that other stuff. So he's just like, why not just start an Avengers franchise? And his idea was do solo films and have them all meet up in like the grand finale, the Avengers. So when did you know that they were all part of a, like the same universe and eventually the end goal was... Because I, I did not know that when I... I mean, I saw Iron Man. I was like, oh, it's a good movie. And then other stuff. I remember when I first found out, I'm sitting there and I forget what movie I was actually attending, but the preview came on and then they literally had, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, because I wasn't researching. So I, and I was just like, what the hell? How do they pull this off? Like all these big time superhero action stars in one movie and then, okay, it's the event. I, I, th- I was kind of impressed. Did you guys know the game prior to that or did you know like honestly no but like it then, caught me by surprise and I was like this is a game changer something that became a staple with in, you know MCU films was the post credit scenes and Iron Man had pretty much every movie that in the MCU has a post credit scene and where I kind of figured out there was going to be a shared universe and when I saw after the end credits of The Incredible Hulk you see Iron Man you know, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, even the advent of S.H.I.E.L.D. showing up at the very end was a huge implication just because S.H.I.E.L.D. and the MCU has always been such a big entity, such a big, again, from those TV shows and Spider-Man, that was my first real seeing Nick Fury as the man or as the big sort of, letting you know that there's a bigger entity that is connected to these and is is a big doorway to let all these other characters in this other world open up. So again, not a confirmed, like, we're going to see the Avengers, but definitely... Like, so you guys knew prior to the Avengers even coming that, out. Because right? I, I did not. Yeah, yeah that I, they had something up their sleeve. Not the Avengers specifically, although... Like the know, Captain America end credit scene, that one really tips it off, right? Because it doesn't... That's just basically an ad. <laughs> like, the, really? the one at the end of Captain America. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much an ad. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I knew... I don't know what it was, but when we saw Iron Man, we went at midnight. It was me, Tim Hill, and a couple other friends, a couple friends from high school, but like we went and for whatever reason, we've never stayed towards the end credits before, ever. Never. We've never stayed towards the end credits. But for whatever reason, we didn't read news about it, nothing. We just stayed. Didn't know there was an end credit scene. We just sat through the credits. And Nick Fury pops up and he's fucking Samuel L. Jackson. And we're just like, what? Nick Fury, because they mentioned S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Like as soon as, because you know, Coulson, he says, oh, the strategic homeland, something, yeah. something division. Yeah, I remember feeling so stupid that he didn't get that. When yeah. I saw yeah. And then at the end, like Pepper's just like, oh, aren't you from the blankety blank? And he's just like, S.H.I.E.L.D. You can it's call us S.H.I.E.L.D. And we're just like, oh, snap, S.H.I.E.L.D. is in. Because the Ultimates was huge when I was in high school, a couple years before the Ultimate comics. And um, the Ultimate version of the Avengers called the Ultimates. S.H.I.E.L.D. was a huge presence. And uh, Black Nick Fury, who looked like Samuel L. Jackson in the comics, was a big deal, part of that. Like, he put the team together and he ran the team. So as soon as they were like, S.H.I.E.L.D., I was like, oh, snap, like, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s in this? Like, what are we gonna do? And we just decided to stay. We were talking through the credits, and then boom, like, Tony Stark comes home, Nick Fury, like, pops up, and he's just like, oh, you're about to become part of a larger universe, you just don't know it yet. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I want to talk to you about the Avenger initiative. And the whole theater is just like, holy shit. Wow. And that's that's when we knew. And then we looked up articles online because Incredible Hulk was coming out um, like two months later, I think. Yeah, it was really close. Yeah, it was like a month or two later the same year. That's the one with Edward Norton. Right? Yes. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, they're connected. When you looked up articles, they're like, yeah, I guess Incredible Hulk is supposed to be connected to Iron Man, this and that. And wow. then Tony Stark has a cameo at the end of that movie. And you're just, 
your mind is blown because nothing like that has been done ever before. happened. Yeah, never. But I remember uh, X Men Three having an end credit scene and something with Professor X. You guys ever watched that one? I don't think anything ever came out of it. No, yeah. but no. they, but but it, they start. I was like, I was like, kind of curious. It's almost like they took that then. It was like, hey. Let's make it to where this is how you connect dots and or like anticipate or have an ad, right? But I think Last Stand came out before Iron Man, though. It wasn't Last... Oh, was it? It is Last Stand yeah, that I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah. It did come out? I thought... Yeah, Last Stand came out when I was in high school. Iron Man came out when I was in college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah cool. And then, and then with the post credit scenes in later films, it, it kind of set up the next film in the, in the series. That's what... When I, when after I think it was Iron Man 2, when they alluded to, uh, you know, they go to Mexico and they find... You see Thor's hammer, and then yeah. that's, that leads into okay, that's the next film. So, all right, so let's jump into our first film in the series. Uh, we've got Iron Man, released May second, two thousand eight, and directed by John Favreau. It's got Robert Downey Jr., Terrence Howard, Gwyneth Paltrow, John Favreau, Jeff Bridges in it. So, as far as ratings go, it's got a ninety three percent from critics uh, with a seven point seven out of ten average. The audience score is at a ninety one percent with an average score of uh, four point two out of five. Uh, the budget was 186 million. It made 102 million its opening weekend. Uh, the domestic gross in the U.S. was 318 overall, with its worldwide gross being 585 million overall. So, uh, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think about Iron Man? I, I love it. It's it's one of my favorite Phase One movies. I mean, I started it all. I, I think it's great. Best Iron Man of all of them. I agree with that. Yeah. They did an excellent job in the writing and whatever you want to call it. Of they made it feel very relevant, like real world, with him, uh, with the, him being taken over by terrorists, with him being the arms dealer, which is very much also his identity of Tony Stark being that world arms dealer. Like every, they just executed it so well. They made it true to Iron Man, and they did keep it enough into reality so you could really sort of suspend the disbelief while watching it. Yeah. Iron Man was actually my favorite Marvel character growing up. Like I actually had like mugs and like. Shirts with Iron Man in it, and that's why I went. Oh, I thought you were talking about me there for a second. I was like, no. what? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, and yeah. So when when this came out, I was very excited to see, it, and I loved how they kind of stayed true to the, a lot of the source material. You know, Iron Man was your favorite, huh? Yes. Over like Wolverine and like Gambit. Don't get me wrong. Like like Spider you know, Man. X Men was huge. I wasn't really a big Spider Man fan growing up, but I was a big fan of X Men, a big fan of wow. Iron Man. Right. You have to understand too. Like my dad was into comics, and he like. It, I have two brothers. He gave us all comics, and it's so like my brother got Spider-Man. Um, my other brother got uh, some of the Thor, uh, Thor comics. I ended up with the Iron Man comics, so his collection. That's that's why he became my favorite. I liked Iron Man a lot too. I liked the original suit that he made too. Like after he gets captured and all that stuff. I don't know. I I remember seeing. I had like I used to collect these these cards. I think they were like. Some Marvel Universe, I think it was 1993 or 1996. Marvel Masterpiece? Yeah, Marvel Masterpiece, yes. And I had one that was, there was a, it was a misprint, but it was the original Iron Man in that suit. And I was like, I was like I've never seen Iron Man in this suit. I didn't, I didn't have like comics of Iron Man, really. Um, I was a bigger fan of Captain America at the time, but uh, I remember having this card, and the suit like is almost identical to what we see in the movie. I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought the CGI was amazing when he gets his red suit. I thought that was awesome. I also liked how they picked Robert Downey Jr. to be that was a risk, Iron Man. right? Yeah, it Wasn't was a, that a huge risk because he had huge gone risk. through some stuff in Hollywood. Yeah, so he he was he was a guy that you know he had been in and out of rehab. He had done a few prison stints. He was on a on a Ally McBeal, and he actually got fired from that just because he was. He was on drugs. He was just. I heard one time he ended up in like 
an actual house in LA and like some yes. little girl's house that was not little girl's house, a little girl's room in a house like up in LA in the hills. He was on a and drug drugs, yeah. And he just passed out in, in some stranger's house. Jesus. Yeah, he, he, it's probably the most epic comeback in Hollywood other than Britney Spears, right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no. Bigger than Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy's <laughs> back, man. Uh, I don't think he got a lot of money for this movie either. Nah, he only got paid uh, half a million. Yeah. And then he went straight into. Um, Tropic Thunder. I thought he did a, a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, he did yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And, yeah. The thing that I, my experience, because I didn't watch Iron Man in theaters, because I think I was so over just the CGI and the superhero movie. Like the X Men got exponentially pretty bad, right? I mean, really quick. I, I was not a big fan of the Fantastic Fours, Green Lantern. <laughs> whatever right so I was like I ain't watching this and then I had friends like no no like Iron Man is great so when it came out I watched it with a friend at the time at their house you know and I was like okay this is really good and it kind of ignited it a little bit but I was like not even gonna give this a try because I felt like this has already come and gone and passed but I feel like they started something new especially with this cast this character this direction this student yeah I mean I don't I, I, it, was, it was impressive and the thing is too is like um, as far as Robert Downey Jr. like uh, John Favreau actually like handpicked him how do you say his name? <laughs> Favreau okay, cool. okay how do you say his name? I cannot say it I'm, oh, okay. not, I'm gonna call him John John, John. <laughs> yeah but um, yeah uh, the reason he picked him was because his personal story was so close to that of Iron Man Tony Stark's story in the comics you know anybody that knows Tony Stark is an alcoholic and he he battles like his addiction all the time in different storylines um so he, he just kind of felt like um robert downey jr could bring a lot of that to the screen uh among other things uh robert downey jr spent time in prison you know unfortunately but watching the behind the scenes clip one of the uh the crew actually said that oh yeah you know tony stark has to be in a confined space in afghanistan in a cave for three months so robert downey jr brought a lot of you know prison life with him to the role and he taught us how to make tea with the sock and and all this other stuff so yeah i don't know there's practical applications to it too you're serious right now this was in the behind the scenes footage yeah so that's what one of the guys said but yeah john favreau actually like really fought hard to keep him like you said uh marvel thought it was a risk but he he made it happen and he stuck with them he said he didn't have he's any other a, options. The, he's a great actor. I mean, let's be honest, you oh, know, yeah. but yeah. So here, here's a fun fact. You probably, some of you probably might notice. You know who the highest paid actor was on this film? Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Hey, man. So it wasn't even RDJ that was the highest paid. It was Terrence Howard. Yeah. Wow. Terrence Howard, and he was also uh, the first person cast in this whole movie. And he was the first person to get let go of this franchise, right? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I was, was like, I'm kind of bummed we didn't get to see him again. The success of Hustle and Floor, or like... <laughs> nah, it, we'll get into it in Iron Man 2, but there was a there was a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but it was pretty notable, like the contract dispute that they had, as far as how that went. Um, I mean, Iron Man overall, like I dug the look of the suit. Um, I know you are talking about, uh, you know, you said mid-2000s, early 2000s. I think um, one of the reasons that movie might have got pushed was that one of the artists, Eddie Granov, um, he redesigned the Iron Man suit for the extremist storyline, and that's where you get that's where Iron Man suits start to look very realistic because um, that guy's style of art is very photorealistic, very technical. So that's where the design of the suit comes from. And that's one of the reasons I really liked it was like, I was like, oh snap, they actually took his art and put it on, on screen because um, I think early 2000s is when I started getting back into comics again in high school. And one of the first comics I stuck with was Iron Man. So I was reading a lot of the extremist storylines. So seeing 
the actual suit on screen really got me hooked and I was hyped to see it. Like that, that trailer was great with the, where he's flying with the plane and then he like veers off and the plane like follows him or whatever when he's out running those two planes going supersonic. Yeah. Yeah. I love that trailer. I say for me, the money shot uh, around the same scene is when uh, he first puts on the suit and he goes to help the refugees and he shoots his little missile into the tank and he's turning around and walking away and it's exploding behind him. But just his suit and as he's walking away and the CGI, that's a total money shot for me. It just looks so gorgeous. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, real quick though, um, Tom Cruise was almost Iron Man. You're lying. I'm dead serious. How dare you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yes. so uh, Marvel wow. was shopping. I just got depressed. <laughs> that would have been so awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Marvel was shopping long around. Long hair, Tom the, uh, Cruise, or short hair, Tom well, Cruise. Well, if it's uh, if it's early two thousands, long hair, probably that was Mission Impossible two time. Well, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, they were shopping wow. around the idea to different studios, and uh, at one point, Tom Cruise was attached, and he was actually going to produce it through his production company, same company that did MI one and two at that time. So what 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 happened? I mean, just I, I guess talks just fell through, and then Marvel got the rights back, and. And I it ended think up it'd with be them. too expensive. I think that's what it came down to. Is when I, I mean, you can't really you have a budget. So. No, well, that's the thing. Like Marvel or Marvel, uh, Tom Cruise is such a bankable star that that would have gotten them the budget. You know what I'm saying? I think that alone would have gotten them the budget, personally, because the movie costs what 186, and the second Mission Impossible wasn't that pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just that's just what I think. But yeah, Tom Cruise could have been Tony Stark, and the world would be a very different place right now. Yes, very. Yeah. See, I've always said if I had a superpower, it would be to see these alternate universe versions of movies like, again, Tom Cruise, Iron Man. Oh, yeah. That would have been crazy. What do you think, Muggs, better if Tom Cruise? Oh, God, no. I, okay. I, I put Tony Stark with Robert Downey Jr. as almost up there casting-wise as Hugh Jackman Hugh and Wolverine. Jackman, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I cannot see anyone else other than Robert now. Downey Jr., you know, yeah. Perfect casting. Yeah. Perfect casting. Perfect, yeah. All right, so the next movie in the series is uh, The Incredible Hulk, uh, released June 13th, 2008, and directed by uh, Louis Leterrier. Uh, it's got a critic score of 67%, with critics giving it a 6.18 out of 10 average, and uh, 70% of the audience liked it, giving it a 3.6 out of 5 average score. The budget was $137 million. Opening weekend, it made $55 million. The domestic gross was 134 million, and the worldwide gross was 265 million. Um, the movie stars Edward Norton, Liv Tyler, Tim Roth, Ty Burrell, William Hurt, and Tim Blake Nelson. So this didn't do that well, then, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, why was the Eric Bana Hulk hap- What was the like, so? Did they made this before this whole plan of this one would happen or no? Eric Bana Hulk. Yeah, yeah, that was before this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was they were just trying to make like money on some others, right? And this was the ultimate plan, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did want to ask if you knew uh, the time gap between the Eric Bana and the Edward Norton uh, Hulk's movies. Oh, like I think. The Hulk came, or the first Hulk, I think it was 2003, yeah, I, I remember think. Be, I remember being in high school. I remember being like, you were really young, maybe even junior high when I saw that for one. In the yeah, theater. I remember, yeah, I saw that one in Las Vegas of all places. So, <laughs> so, so that's I, I have not seen the Eric Banner one. Yeah, is it, so, it's not no, good. it's terrible. Huh? Yeah. It is terrible. Awful. It is awful. And I think that's why this movie didn't do too well. They're because both awful. Let's just say that. If you look up online how to watch the Marvel movies in order, they literally say pretty much you can skip this movie. It's like no like relevance to like the story or anything. It, if, if you don't watch it, you're not missing anything at all. And that kind of sucks, you know, if you're like on this movie. But The yeah. only thing to come out of this movie is William Hurt in Civil War. And that's like 10 something movies later. 
Like that's the only character to make it out of this movie and, and alive. And they kind of recast his role too from this film. So yeah, um, yeah. That's this this movie's unique in that they didn't really bring, I mean, literally didn't bring anybody back in any of the future. Films. And I think we'll get into that. <laughs> Unless Kermit, do you? I know you know why Edward Norton is not. We want to get to Avengers when we get. Yeah, to I'll that get to or, it. Okay, when I get just, to Avengers, I'll I get still to am that. confused on that whole thing. But yeah, yeah. Um, the funny thing about this is, despite this movie not making um a ton of money, like or having the same success as Iron Man, Marvel banked the success of their studio uh, on Iron Man and this movie, The Incredible Hulk, with the expectation that The Incredible Hulk would make more money. Wow. Yeah. So they put. A lot of the they were really really banging on Incredible Hulk being the star, and of it makes the two sense because Edward Norton was huge at yep. early two thousand. I mean, he had done American History X, but he was in Rounders, but he wasn't the main star. But other movies that he's in, you know, this is our safe play. The Hulk, probably well known, and Edward Norton, and yeah. just like, no man, you totally missed on that. Yeah, because the Hulk was a really popular character in the nineties. Right. Um, it was way more recognizable than Iron Man. Um, they could sell a lot more merchandise uh, with Hulk toys, they assumed. Um, wow, so they were so wrong, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, they, they put a lot of they put a lot of faith in this movie and Iron Man surprised everybody, like test screenings when it was when it was released. So they, they definitely pushed forward on the Iron Man train for real. The director, uh, Louis Letterier, he actually wanted to direct Iron Man, but John Favreau was already hired, so then he kinda got stuck with this movie. Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, um, as far as this movie goes, like, how do you guys feel about it overall? Granted, I haven't seen it in years, but I, I liked it. I thought it was solid. I liked, you actually um, like it. Yeah. yeah, I like Betty. I like Betty Ross. I like they got her dad right. The sort of um, tumultuous relationship between them and with uh, with Edward Norton in the little beginning scenes. It's sort of an homage to the sort of 70s version of it. The way he's hooked into the machine. It's sort of like the same one that you saw in that old 70s TV show. Um, I've liked Tim Roth, what they did with his character up until the whole sort of uh, abomination full reveal. But that fight scene he did with the Hulk, where he was sort of jacked and on his sort of superhuman kick, I thought oh, was really good. Oh, where they're at the college? Yeah, oh. I thought that, oh, that was that was I, a yeah, cool scene. That, yeah, where he's, he's sort of outrunning, outpacing the other soldiers, and you can just see him just the sort of slight, just enough level of advanced. You know what I mean? Or of meta. I have to watch it because I think I watched it one time. And again, yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but yeah. I remember it being pretty solid. And I I do remember those scenes; they do stick out to me. It's pretty rewatchable. Really, mm-hmm. wow. I remember being excited because I like I like Edward. Oh, Norton. who doesn't like the Hulk? Also, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. And nothing like, against Mark Ruffalo, but I'm still a little bummed that we don't have the Edward Norton. You know, yeah. and again, yeah. nothing against Mark Ruffalo. It's just I really like the Edward Norton in that role. Because yeah. Edward Norton does some crazy roles, like he did the score. I don't know if you guys ever saw that, yes. where he plays like a mentally handicapped person. Does a great job in that one too. I mean, Fight Club, you know, like, Fight Club. Yeah. I mean, he just he does all these great roles. He was really good too. Or you played that idiot. Yeah, I mean, there, there's he does so, so many great roles, and then. Like, I saw he was going to be in the Hulk, and I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And it, it was good, but I don't know. I, I like Mark, Mark Ruffalo, too. I think he does yeah, a great job with I, it I as like well. Mark Ruffalo. I um, really do. Yeah, and I think now I'm kind of like kind of happy there was that change, but initially I was excited to see him. And I was a little let down. I mean, I remember the original Hulk movie that came out like in 2003 you guys were right, talking about. One. Like, holy crap. Uh, just... It, it, he it, fights dogs and that's it. Yeah, he fights just, a cloud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> super anime ending. that from my memory. <laughs> They try to be over the top creative with it. I hated it, and so I was like excited to see them kind if of redo it. If it stays Edward Norton in Avengers, do you think it works? I mean, they all feed off each other the way. I, I mean, I don't know. Well, because they went real sort of a butt of the joke with Bruce Bannery and the sort of the chemistry in the Avengers going forward, especially yeah. in the like the later movies with Thor and everything. So 
and it does work, but I wonder, like you're saying, if Edward Norton's in that role, if it still is butt of the joke, if it's still a sort of slapsticky. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Mark Ruffalo definitely played a more humorous version of the character, yeah. uh, a little more shy, passive kind. And I think by the end of Hulk, Bruce Banner, by the end of that movie, Bruce Banner has learned to control it, as you can see by the very last shot. Like, he can control it and he has a smile on his face. And he's a much more assertive person in his movie. And I think putting him, putting Edward Norton's version of the character in in Avengers would have definitely changed the entire dynamic of the team. Like, he wouldn't have put up with Tony's bullshit. He wouldn't have put up with Nick Fury's shit. He wouldn't have put up with Captain America, anybody. Like, he'd... He'd probably be the smartest one in the room. That was another thing a little disappointing now that I'm thinking about it was that they didn't, I really did like the chemistry between him and Betty, Liv Tyler in that movie, and they didn't do anything with Betty, who was such an integral part of him. Like, you know, him and the Scarlet Witch's little on and off romances, or excuse me, the uh, not Black Widow's Black on Widow, and off yeah. again sort of romance is kind of interesting. But again, like we were joking about, they just totally, everything from that movie, including Betty and his relationship, like, I remember watching it and they didn't explain where he's been or what happened, just that you assume it went south and he went his separate ways with her. And, and they have not made one movie of Hulk by himself since then, right? No. no. There's the a end, reason for that. What's the reason? Because Universal owns the distribution rights to Hulk. They don't own the they don't own the movie rights, but they own the distribution rights, which means if Marvel makes a Hulk movie, it has to go through Universal and Universal can refuse the right to distribute preventing Marvel from making money off of a film if they did make it, which is why you've never seen a Hulk movie since. They just fuck it up, yeah. don't they? I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Thor 3 is basically like a tag team. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, then, I'll, I'll be honest. I, When you look at all the, the ratings for all the MCU films, The Incredible Hulk is always like dead last on this list. And I like the film. I thought Ed Norton did a good job. Granted, it's kind of, you know, it's only been a few years. We've already seen a version of Hulk on the screen, Eric Banda's version. Um, but I did like the film. I did like the villains. I like how they alluded to the, the leader. Mm. And, you know, I was like, oh, wow, that's going to be the next villain for the next film. And they just kind of like ignored it. Yeah. yeah, this movie, this movie does. a, And you could tell they banked a lot on this movie. You could tell like this is the movie they wanted to move forward with because they set up a lot of stuff in this movie. And this movie has more tie ins than Iron Man there. You know, it, it has Stark Industries logo in there. There's a opening scene, alternate opening scene where Bruce Banner is supposed to commit suicide in the Arctic. And when it zooms out or moves away, you can see Captain America's body in the ice. Um, they set up multiple characters so you have the leader and then you have a doc samson ty burrell's character um who's like a hulk side character who becomes like super powerful in the future so they were setting up a lot of stuff with this movie and you could tell that this was how they wanted to move the universe forward by setting up all this type of stuff it's crazy how they got it so wrong you know like i mean i don't know it's just amazing how you go all in on this and this is like your ace in the hole you think and then like Iron Man is kind of like, well, just roll the dice, actor, director, and it's like it totally is the exact opposite on both scenarios. I don't know. It's it's really interesting, you know. Yeah, which is funny because like this movie has a smaller budget, and they were they were telling uh, Norton and Letterier they had to, or yeah, uh, the writer and director. So Norton actually did write for this movie um, as well. His contract had that in in there that he was going to be a writer too. So like they had to cut down the movie to under two hours. Like their original version was I think 135 and the studio like made them cut it to under two hours. So, I mean that, I, I don't know, like if this is the movie you're betting on to, to save the day, maybe be a little less restrictive, throw some more money that way. But maybe it was the test screenings that helped Iron Man out. 
I think Norton wanted a lot of control in this too, oh, right? Yeah. Like even more than just the writing. Like he yeah. wanted a lot more control. Yeah. And I think by the time the film was set to release, I think the, the relationship already gotten sour, and that's why I think he didn't really heavily promote this film at all. Yeah, he threatened to to leave like the press junkets and all that other stuff if he couldn't do certain things his way. I think was one of the things that happened. Like he didn't want to be a part of the promotional plan or something if certain things didn't happen his way. Wow. I believe I could be wrong, but. That's what I read in certain places. All right, so the next film on the list in phase one, uh, we've got Iron Man 2, released May 7th, 2010, and directed by John Favreau. Stars Robert Downey Jr., Don Cheadle, Gwyneth Paltrow, Scarlett Johansson, Sam Rockwell, Mickey Rourke, and Samuel L. Jackson. On Rotten Tomatoes, 73% of critics liked it, giving it an average score of 6.47 out of 10. Uh, 71% of the audience liked it, giving it an average score of 3.7 out of 5. The budget was 170 million. Opening weekend, it made 128 million. Domestic gross was 312 million, and its worldwide box office gross was 621 million. First thing that stands out to me, um, I think the budget is smaller than Iron Man One. That's kind of weird for a sequel, right? Yeah, especially after the first one did so well, you would think they would have chucked a lot of money at this one. Yeah, and you've got more prominent actors in there. You got Sam Rockwell, Mickey Rourke, Samuel Jackson actually has a full credited role now, like. And then you got people returning for the sequel. One of those people not being Terrence Howard. <laughs> can you can you just get into that right now? We <laughs> just want to talk about it. All right. So Terrence Howard left Iron Man 2 because Marvel only wanted to pay him $1 million. Uh, he got paid $4.5 million for the first movie. So there's a really, really steep decrease. Um, he got paid $4.5 million for the first film with his contract saying that he'd get an additional $8 million for the sequel. But the studio basically approached him with the mentality that Iron Man 2 is going to be good with or without you. So you could take it or leave it. And then uh, according to an Entertainment Weekly article, um, Howard was difficult on set during the first film and didn't get along with uh, John Favreau is what I read. And uh, Justin Thoreau, who wrote the film, and I think Robert Downey Jr. also rewrote some parts of it as well, like the story portions along with John Favreau, um, they reduced his role. They reduced uh, James Rhodes' role. So Marvel pretty much approached him and said, hey, you're not in as much of this movie as you previously were, um, and you're kind of a difficult person to work with. You got to take a pay cut or you can get out. And Terrence Howard decided to walk. Well, I think you also had to pay Robert Downey Jr. too, because now he's now they really got to pay Robert Downey Jr. And you know they're being cheap; they don't want to they don't want to pay out. So it sucks because I do like Terrence Howard in the first one. Okay. Do you guys like him? Yeah, yeah, I really do, and I kind of wish he was in it further. But I mean, I mean, they, 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 I mean, they like, kind of went like, hey, when Terrence F Howard you. looked at the other like suit, and he was like, oh, next time, man. next time. Right. Oh, I was yeah. like, ah, oh, the whole theater, for it. Yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. theater was just like clapping yeah. when he said next time. Yeah. And, and I mean, even for just for continuity issues, like I, I always hate when they change actors and actresses in sequels. I mean, they did it in The Dark Knight when they changed Rachel's character. They did it with Edward Norton when they changed it later on, and then they're doing this with Terrence Howard. It just feels weird because. You have new actors going to take on the role. Grow attached to yeah, you grow attached, and then now it's like, okay, are they going to? Is it going to be a continuation of that that role that they kind of and their their character they developed in the previous film, or is it going to be like a different take? Well, I'm glad they did all that stuff in phase one because could you imagine like recasting somebody in phase two? Oh yeah, or phase three? Yeah, 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 you can't do that. Yeah, I say just get it out of the way like right away. But it does suck because when they come on camera, like your immediate reaction is like, that wasn't the previous one. And you get like pissed yeah. off in a sense. You like know? I liked like, Don Cheadle, but I was like throwing off. I, I, I yeah. liked John. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, no, Terrence Howard did a great job. I, I love the scene with Terrence Howard and Robert Downey Jr. 
when they get the sake at the on the plane and all that. They, I think they feed off each other. Do Don Cheadle and Robert have no, the same chemistry? They don't have those moments. They in the really movie. don't. Yeah, you know, that's what sucks about it. You know. Yeah, I but mean, I understand they did what they did money wise, and and I understand why he was like, "Well, f you, then I'm out." You know, like uh, the thing is too, which is funny. I didn't even know this till recently. Like Don Cheadle was actually the first choice for Iron Man One. Oh wow. Yeah, but I guess Terrence Howard's agent worked some magic and got him the role, mm. which is funny. So okay. we're supposed to have Don Cheadle all along, apparently. It's kind of ironic. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. But yeah. my my question is, if you, if Terrence Howard just caves in, right, takes the one million, but now he's on board for the rest of the movies, how much money does he make down the road? So less and less. Which is funny because they but, say, but like, like, would he eventually have made his four million that he's walking away nah, from? Because he's because Rose is a supporting character like all the way through. Like, so you think it was. Just a business deal they both had to do. I think I think it was intentional to get him off the movie because if they're really? saying he was difficult to offset because they said in Iron Man one they had to edit a lot of his scenes and cut them down, you know, to fit the performance or whatever. I don't know how much of that is true. I liked everything about Terrence Howard in the first one. Yeah, I was gonna but, say how much stock do you put in it because again the contract disputes, the him making less money, that all totally makes sense. Like it's like oh I see why he walked away. I see why they want to pay him more. That all well like, you have registers. to look at too. I think I think uh, you know Terrence Howard's starting to become a growing star in Hollywood. I think he just did Hustle and Flow. Um, I mean he's he's been doing like he was supposed to be like the next popular. You can even say an A list actor down the line. Yeah, he's got his TV show on Fox now. Empire, yeah. that he's doing. Right. Yeah, Terrence Howard is an actor that's always working. Empire, right? Yeah. Empire, yeah. yeah. So I mean, he, Terrence Howard's just fine. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do like him better. He had the more military cut too for like the Air Force and everything, and he thought he would look great in the I war just machine the suit. Chemistry between him and yeah. Robert Downey. Oh, yeah, that plane great, scene. Dude. Yeah, with him and the stewardess. That, and, and then, then there's also yeah. when they're talking through like. Uh, when he first does his whole thing and they're talking through, you know, and I, I thought it was great, you know. Yeah. I don't well, especially if it is true that Terrence Howard's difficult to work with, and this speaks to him being a better actor even more. So yeah. Like, and so, yeah. like, well on screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, last last bit, I think Terrence Howard's presence is a good compliment or counter to Robert Downey Jr.'s presence because Tony Stark is just, you know, flamboyant out yeah. there. And Terrence Howard has that on screen presence to where it's just like, this is Structure. one, this is yeah. one guy Tony will not fuck with. Yeah. <laughs> like you could just tell right away. But speaking of other casting, Emily Blunt was supposed to be Black Widow. She was, she was supposed yeah, yeah. to be Black Widow. She was, but she, I, I love her. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She was supposed to be Black Widow, but she, uh, she had prior obligations with the movie Gulliver's, 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 can't even say it. Gulliver's. Gulliver's Travels uh, with Jack, Jack Black. Black. Yeah. And that's why she had to drop out of the role and then Scarlett Johansson got it. Wow. I wonder if that's a regret or not. Jesus. It has to be. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I ha- have, you seen, have you seen Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a badass. I, I think bad. she would have been great yeah, yeah, yeah. in this universe, but yeah. They almost didn't get Sam Jackson back either. What? They were having contract like, issues too. You have too. to have this guy. Because he was uncredited in the first movie. They were giving him a, a full role in this one, and they almost didn't want to pay him out. They were about to kick him out of the door too, but then they somehow worked out a nine-picture deal with yeah, him. Yeah, that was when I heard about that You have to have deal, him like, in. What? Yeah, you can't have he him be... He is that guy. It, Nick, yeah, I mean... Yeah, you can't have him in uh, Iron Man 1 as the guy telling you these movies are going to be connected and then, you know, somebody else is playing him after. I mean, that's the one guy that's in, like, every movie in Hollywood. Like, you have to have him, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. you have to make this work, you know? Like, wow. Yeah, uh, you know, Mickey Rourke almost dropped out, too. They wanted to pay him a quarter million, and he was about to walk away and they had to up his pay. So, I think... Um, there are some behind-the-scenes things with Marvel Studios during Phase 1. Do you think they got cocky? It sounds like it. Huh? No, they were cheap. 
because they didn't bring back a lot of composers. So it's like, oh, thanks for doing the first movie. Uh, We don't want to pay you more, so we're going to hire somebody else to do the second movie. So you see that with um, Alan Silvestri doesn't come back to do Age of Ultron after doing Avengers. Um, He doesn't come back to do Winter Soldier after doing Captain America. Thor 1 and 2 have different composers. Iron Man 1 and 2, I think, have different composers, but I could be wrong. So, like, they didn't want to pay a lot of people, and they were known for being cheap. That's why they hired a lot of unknown directors to do a lot of their stuff. Um, It wasn't until, I think, middle of Phase 2 or end of Phase 2 where Kevin Feige's boss, I think the guy's name was uh, Ike Perlmutter, I think. I could be wrong. But they basically said, yeah, you don't report to this guy anymore. And ever since Kevin Feige stopped reporting to that guy, I feel like the Marvel movies have definitely gotten a lot more creative bigger uh they brought a lot of people back they started paying people more like that was one of the major deals i think um for avengers robert downey jr had to fight to get everybody to have almost the same pay as him or at least you know relatively high pay because they didn't want to pay any of the cast any good money so yeah there was that whole cheap ass shit going on behind the scenes at marvel these movies make so much freaking money like not even the movie itself but just everything yeah Yeah. oh yeah for sure just a cash register man they just pull it yeah but one of the standout things to me in iron man and we'll pass this around um the monaco fight the monaco fight with whiplash i like it a lot that's my favorite sequence from this whole movie definitely what about you guys what do you like about iron man 2 that Monaco fight was so solid when he pulled his uh, briefcase suit for the first time. I remember being, it felt like a kid again seeing that off the TV show. Like that miniature side. Yeah. The that suitcase. Was, it was solid. Uh, we saw what we finally got to see War Machine at the very end. That was so freaking sweet. Like, uh, yeah. But I'm probably going to have to say the Monaco as well. Just everything about that scene was so dope. I'd like to, that they had, uh, they brought on uh, Sam Rockwell as. I, I, I was going to say, I like Sam Rockwell. He, yeah. Fact, I thought he, he was a. He has a test screen to be Iron Man. And, oh really? And he didn't get it, of course. But they want they they liked him so much. They wanted to bring him back in some kind of other role, and so they brought him into the seat. I, and I do I I like Mickey Rourke. I think he's great. You know, yeah, he's. But yeah, you're right. The so what kind of cars is it that that's in there? It's not the. They're F1. They're F1. F1? F1? Okay, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great scene, though. Yeah, I think yeah. it's amazing. I, I think I, that was like the best scene of the whole movie. Like yeah. the end fight scene, I couldn't care. I'm going to have to disagree. I think the end fight with mm-hmm. Iron Man and War Machine, I, that's, I think that's my favorite with part. The, well, those red with, lasers with the, with the drones, bam. I think that's, that's but the actual fight with, the, with, with Whiplash, not so much, but I think when they... With the drones, yeah. The, yeah, all the, the drones, drones that come around, surround yeah, them. Yeah, Iron Man and War Machine are like just... Tag like, teaming. Yeah, they're like back to back, back and to like back. And everything. It's just, a, it's just a, like it's just no no dialogue. It's just them blowing up machines. Yeah, because it gets real quiet <laughs> when they both land, and then all of a sudden, just like mayhem ensues. I, I, that's my favorite part. Like I think. And you can see the blossoms falling around. <laughs> too, as a contrast, yeah. to I, I do suits. like Sam Rockwell though and Mickey Rourke's chemistry together. Like, let's get, he, like Sam Rockwell's just so frustrated with how much like this guy don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I, I thought I thought those two fed off each other. I, I liked it. I like how Sam Rockwell was like a poor man's Tony Stark yeah trying to do like the same intro dancing on stage and just nobody's buying it he makes like a joke on stage and like the crowd is completely silent he's like okay to the presentation and and like how all his machine like he's also an inventor as well he has a deal with like he's he's an arms dealer as well and like but none of his his contraptions and machines they always like fail (laughs) yeah somebody's spine gets broken in the opening court scene or whatever when they show the footage yeah I, I thought that was cool End fight, um, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of how quickly the whiplash portion ended, but I do agree yeah. the whole drone chase and in oh, the so Sakura cool. Garden, like that was that was pretty dope. I love that part. And then you get Thor's hammer at the end. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Yeah, you had Coulson the entire... Like, I feel like this entire movie is just like, let's introduce War Machine and talk about Thor every five seconds. <laughs> like, talk about New Mexico every five seconds. Like, Yeah, this was very much the sort of feel of the world that the Avengers would take place in. Like, it was very much... Like, this was sort of cementing in that sort of universe, that sort of world, how it would feel and everything like that. Uh, one of the things I liked, too, was uh, the whole Black Widow fight scene where her and Happy break into the hammer complex. And then um, Happy has to fight that one security guard one-on-one for, like, 20 minutes straight. <laughs> and Black Widow takes out, like, 20 dudes, no problem. Like, I, that was one of my favorite scenes, too. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was solid with the blue Black Widow suit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, the other thing, too, remember when, I think one of the best shots of that movie was um, Robert Downey Jr. sitting in the Randy's Donut sign. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a good one, yeah. That was a good, that was a good shot. And, like, when uh, Nick Fury comes to visit him and, you know, just all this other stuff, I, I thought it was cool. Um, I thought the plot was a little convoluted with the whole dad thing and, oh, this element that I have to find and we have to set up all these other movies by showing a half Captain America shield in his workshop and all this other stuff. Like, I kind of felt like the plot got away from itself a little bit and it should have kept the focus on Iron Man. Yeah, that know. was the most fantastic thing about that movie was like, oh, he just created another element. <laughs> there it yeah. is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought it got away from itself, but, you know, still entertaining. Like, the cast is cool. Everybody's cool. I'm cool. You guys cool? I'm pretty cool, cool, man. We cool. Yeah. Cool, right? Cool. Our next movie, uh, you know, uh, Justin's favorite, we got Thor. Uh, uh, released May 6, 2011, and directed by Kenneth Branagh. Stars Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Stellan Skarsgård, Idris Elba, Kat Dennings, Renee Russo, Anthony Hopkins, Ray Stevenson, Jeremy Renner, Colm Fior, and... Uh, Tadamobu Asano. Jeez, there's a lot of people in this movie. Josh Dallas and Jamie Alexander, which is funny because none of these guys are super minor characters. I think this is a great cast as far as the Marvel Universe, right? I mean, you got a lot going on here. Yeah, I I, I, mean, I like this cast. I, I do. I You know, I mean, you got Jeremy Rettner, Anthony Hopkins. Um, God, I always say his name wrong. The guy's the gatekeeper. Oh, it just Elba. Yeah, him. You know, you got, and then you obviously got Loki. You know, and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's. I I really, you really don't like this movie, huh? I think just to me, it felt too sort of when we went back to Asgard and he had his sort of little merry crew. It felt too much like a Hercules TV show back in the day. A little too, a little too corn. A little too, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, I. I don't feel like Kat Dennings' character. Maybe that was, again, maybe it's just personal. Maybe I just don't like Kat Dennings. But, well, I liked uh, that movie she did with uh, Scott Pilgrim. What's his name? Uh, Michael Cera? Yeah, Michael Cera. Oh, Scott that. Pilgrim? She's yeah. not in that? No, I like that movie she did with uh, Michael Cera. Oh, Sarah. with yeah, him. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But, like, again, it's just, um, I guess I never really got too much into the Natalie Portman and uh, Thor uh so sort of chemistry actor, you either. have actor actress bias yeah I guess I do I don't know because I like Natalie Portman and other stuff but I don't know it just didn't for me it didn't sell maybe it's because it was too far removed from like everything else we'd set up previously because again when they're doing their own stuff in Asgard it's very different well, um, you, it's very you, sort of medieval type yeah, of feel you get this is probably the first MCU film where it, it you know because you know, Iron Man 2 Iron Man 1 even Incredible Hulk it's kind of grounded in reality and this one you're still right. getting you know, very fantastical. You go to different worlds. Right. It, it <laughs> stretches the limits or everything, huh? Yeah. I mean, where it really... tries to hit like a period piece type thing, but yet it's at the same time where they're technologically more advanced, but they're not because it's kind of magic, but it's also kind of science. And again, that's just me. When you say it like that, I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying too, yeah. But, um, 
but again, like there were strong points in it, like the Jeremy Renner being introduced. The yes. way that the way that I link, love that him. Opening I, mean, I scene, feel he's yes, so underrated. That was probably his yeah. most some of his most badass like scene as Hawkeye. Like that was really great. The whole opening scene, the hammer, the government surrounding it, and everything. That Stanley. Yeah. cameo in that one. Oh, he's one in of my favorites in the truck trying <laughs> yeah. to pull it out. Yeah. I, he, I feel like he's enjoying just doing that scene, dude. I, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny. Like this has the second highest, uh, second or third highest audience rating out of all. Yeah. I, 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 I like one it. Movies. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. It was funny. Like, yeah, he's seeing uh, like you know the mighty Thor being grounded. He's like, Oh, do you know? Who I, yeah. Do you know who I am? You know what? <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of know why it's the physique. Hey, <laughs> coming hey, in right there. It comes there full go. circle. <laughs> that just happened. Dude, like, I remember being and in the, the hair. In the hair. Yeah. And then, like, he, remember when he walks in? Um, he walks in with, like, shirtless for no reason, of course. Yeah. And yeah. every girl in the theater was just like, woo! Like, just cheering. Like, what, I remember what's that. the part where he drinks the, the tea or something and he throws the cup down? <laughs> oh, I was like, what the fuck? Come he's on, like, man. He's like, what is this drink? It's coffee. He's like, I love it. Give me another. And he throws it on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think this movie I think this movie is probably like the funniest maybe of the first phase I would say. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. It, it definitely tries to be a little funnier. I mean, over Iron Man though, huh? I mean, I, I thought I he's pretty funny. I don't think Iron Man was like trying to be a comedy, but I definitely feel like Thor was trying to hit comedic beats, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think it was definitely trying. Like the whole fish out of water story, you had like the quirky side funny character in Cat Dennings, like you you know that whole storyline was set up for goofy stuff to happen on Earth. Yeah. Like, what he's like, I'm the god of thunder. And he gets shocked by the. He gets hit by the van or something? Yeah, then yeah, he gets yeah. hit by the van and all that other stuff. Yeah. And then he's just, he walks into the pet store and he's just like, I need a horse or whatever. Or when they're trying to restrain him in the bed, he's just like, Do you know who I am? And then they just shot, give him a shot. And, just, <laughs> and he just like passes out. Well, that's another uh, plot point they sort of got away from too is the whole him separating himself from his powers or rather into the hammer uh, as you know is comic accurate but that is a, so there's something that was played heavily in the first movie but then and again he earned his powers back by then but it, since then it's never really been relevant or been tested he's just always been one with his powers again with the hammer oh after the first movie right yeah, yeah that's okay. sort of a plot point that they got away from I mean, they didn't need to stick with it but you know that was as you were saying all this some sort of remembering like yeah that was a big selling point of it that he had to prove himself worthy of Thor yeah Tom Hiddleston man I I think he's like one Fantastic. of the best people Fantastic. in this movie. Yes. One of the best performers in the movie. I think this, yeah. this movie introduced the world to Tom Hiddleston because he's just been amazing since then. Yeah, he's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're not bringing up, uh, I mean, I'm older than all you guys. I, I grew up, Rene Russo. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I saw her and I was like, holy shit, she's still around, you know? Like, <laughs> but, and, and, and she looks gorgeous, she I think, in it. Yeah, know? I like, think she looks but it's just like, yeah, like I was like, Rene Russo's still putting out those films, man. Yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't bring it up. You, you said the cast, and she was not on that. I was she like, was, I, she's in there. She no, I know there. she's in there, but you didn't say it. No, no, I said her name. Oh, you did it? Yeah, I, I did. just didn't hear it. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting old, too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. No, the funny thing is, um, like, there's two directors attached to do this movie. Um, Matthew Vaughn, who did X-Men First Class and Kick-Ass, was actually supposed to direct this at one point. And uh, Guillermo del Toro was supposed to direct this movie too, but uh, he left to do The Hobbit. And of course, we know Peter Jackson took over that piece, you know, at the very end. But either yeah. one of them could have done the movie. I would say Thor 2 feels more like a Guillermo del Toro, especially with like, the costume design or like the makeup. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, Hellboy 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have the yeah. ether, which is all this bloody <laughs> stuff going on. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. 
but overall I thought it was cool um, there's a lot of stuff about this movie the behind the scenes but um, one thing I really appreciate is I really love like the, the costumes like all the characters oh, yeah. like Loki's helmet um, I wish Thor kept his helmet on for a little while in the movie like I'm kind of bummed he doesn't keep the helmet shout out back to it in the third one yeah, yeah that's true yeah, yeah but that was one thing that was missing was the helmet I, I thought so too yeah the helmet you got I love in the first scene where he like throws up his hammer when he's having the coronation and he has the helmet on like it just looks yeah. sick mm-hmm. and then um, I love uh, like the whole Bifrost the rainbow bridge I was wondering how they were gonna do that and I think this movie came out came out really well there's some stuff I didn't like but we'll save that for a future episode or something yeah Let's get to the fifth movie in the series. We've got Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, released July 22nd, 2011, directed by Joe Johnston. Uh, it stars Chris Evans, Tommy Lee Jones, Hugo Weaving, Haley Atwell, Sebastian Stan, Toby Jones, Stanley Tucci, and Dominic Cooper. Critics, 80% of them liked it, giving it a 6.95 out of 10. The audience, 74% of them liked it, giving it a 3.7 out of 5. So, what do you guys think about Captain America 1? I felt kind of weird out because this film had Chris Evans in it. And Chris Evans was in a previous Marvel film. It was in a non-Marvel Studios film, uh, Fantastic Four by Fox. And even in that film, he was very, like, he was very, I don't know. He's a bro. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was... Uh, let's not forget, not another teen movie. Okay? Because <laughs> yeah. that one, I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. So, I love yeah. that movie. So, I, it, it felt kind of I'm weird. I'm not saying like, I don't, like appreciate that movie or I will watch it but like that guy becomes like a superhero like I mean I was just like what the hell dude that's literally like when you hear when you some guy you knew from high school like went out to be an accountant or something you're yeah. like, <laughs> like Simmons the party animal <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it felt weird that they recasted somebody that was in a previous Marvel film so I was like okay this we'll see how if we can get away from those terrible movies that did in the past and he can actually be Captain America yeah like he actually turned down the role like three or four times like they they kept approaching him for the role why would he turn it down because he said like he's like i've already done a comic book movie if this movie you know fails and it sucks he's like my career's over i guess somebody convinced him or he just decided you it's know, the best decision of his career oh yeah yeah because yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, now now i watch these movies i don't want anybody else playing captain america no, oh, ever ever I, I, that's the thing too when you look at captain america iron man as well as thor those are three great casting jobs where you're just like, okay, that that's it right there. I, I see it. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing those guys. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, the casting director for this Marvel Universe yeah. is just like, did his job. They kept on hitting home run after home run after home run, you know? I mean, Tom I hope, Hiddleston was on the store at one point. Yeah, he really? auditioned. Yes. Yeah, he auditioned, but they gave him the Loki role. Yeah, and, Chris and that Hemsworth? was even like a, a a better one right there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like for him. Oh, so speaking of casting, guess who almost who was almost Captain America? Oh, Tom Cruise, Jim. What's his name? John Krasinski. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah. Really? So him and his wife are almost like yeah. oh, wow. Marvel. Wow. Well, they're talking about him being uh, the new in the new Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, they're they're making another Fantastic Four. Oh, because yeah, yeah. now that Disney owns Fox Studios, the third go around. Yeah, yeah. now that Disney Jesus. owns Fox Studios, they have the He's rights like the to the Fantastic runner, like Four. Fandom. Yeah, the fans oh. want him to be Mister Fantastic. Him and his wife. That would be uh, maybe. I don't woman. know. I mean that. That'd be cool. That'd be a good Put some blonde in it. That'd be dope. Yeah. yeah. And who's the thing and Johnny Storm? I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, uh all right, Captain America. I love I love the effects on Skinny Steve. Yeah. Yes. I love the character building. They spend a lot of time with his character, showing that he's like a noble dude. 
Uh, one of my favorite scenes and one of the most effective scenes at showing his character is when they get to the camp and Tommy Lee Jones just giving him all this crap about being small and tiny, etc. And then Tommy Lee Jones says, you know, I don't have time for this bullshit with the skinny kid you got to Stanley Tucci's character. He's just like, I'm here to train soldiers. I want the best soldiers, this and that. He throws a grenade, like he pulls a pin off and throws a grenade in the middle of their training exercise and everybody runs away but Steve and he jumps on top of the grenade trying to protect everybody. Like that sequence alone is such a good way to build character and I think they do a really good job with that movie as far as building up who Captain America is. Yeah. No, I thought the fight scene in the alley where he's like getting his ass kicked oh, yeah. and he's like yeah. I can do this all day. Like Oh yeah. Like, Definitely that. Yeah, that that right there I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I like him. And then he pulls up the, the trash can lid, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, we get it. He has a shield. Yeah, we get it. I just I, I did not like Red Skull though. Like in general, what about him? Every I don't know. I could not take him serious I don't like the scenes I don't know I just when that came on I was totally checked out of that movie I, I did not like him as a villain or anything even when they brought him back on Infinity War people liked it I didn't like it I didn't like him as a villain either yeah, yeah. I, I don't you know yeah. I, I liked him in the comics I always I heard he in was, the comics he was a badass well he he just looked the way they portrayed him very intimidating um, they had this little comic book stand in Ontario Mills and that was the only comic book I ever subscribed to and like so like I don't know how often they would come out but I'd always go there and get my new issue Captain America was the only comic book I ever did that with and I remember, you know, it leading up to Red Skull coming and like it, he, they, the way he drew him and everything like that was really cool. Watching this movie, I, w- I was disappointed too. I don't, I don't like the way he looks at all, yeah. personally. Um, I was disappointed how they killed him off. <laughs> it was a- Do you think they rushed it, Kerwin, or they just... I think that this... Okay, I say this to everybody all the time. Captain America should have had two movies yeah. before Avengers. He should have had a straight up World War One, World War Two movie where he becomes Captain America. End of story. Done. He fights whoever he needs to fight. Maybe not the Red Skull. Who knows? The second movie, Bucky should have died in the last battle. That's where Bucky should die. So you have enough time to grow attached to him as an audience. Right. And then he falls off a train or whatever. Then the battle you've been waiting for since the first movie, Red Skull versus Captain America, happens. And having two movies gives you enough time to see Red Skull do stuff. The biggest problem with Red Skull is like he don't do anything in At this all. movie. He yeah. just he sits in his fucking... I don't know, castle in a rock mountain place or whatever, and he just yells at Toby Jones all movie. He doesn't do (laughs) anything. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything, and it's just like, I can't take him seriously. And then that last fight with Captain America on the plane, it looks made for TV. Yeah. That's one of the things I didn't like. Anything with Hydra or the the Red Skull, I couldn't take seriously because it felt like it was two different movies. I liked when Cap is like doing the war stuff, blowing up the tanks, fighting dudes in the trees, and like he's got Bucky as like the sniper taking out other guys. Don't you feel like that was rushed though? There wasn't a lot of that. Like I feel like it was like a montage of stuff. And yeah. It's like, you asked me if it felt like it was rushed. He just said it should be two movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that scene though. Oh, with oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this. Like we should have spent way more time way more time with these characters because yeah. you have the howling commandos you don't even remember their names yeah. what are their yeah. names yeah it's yeah i didn't like i didn't like how they just rushed all the action parts at all yeah like, then the love story with uh agent carter you don't even get into that yeah. Yeah. you don't you, you don't have enough time like this movie this movie is, is basically a trilogy all in one movie it's all in one movie yeah they could have done so much more like you said broken it up into multiple 
two, if not three movies. Yeah, because like what like it'd be nice to explore the themes of like what does World War Two mean when there's a superhero existing? Like what what sort of themes can you tackle? You know, you have Nazism, you you've got the world theater. Was he fighting different bad guys from different countries? You know, like at the time, like there's World War Two bad guys in that era, I would assume. You oh, know? yeah. So no, it's just, yeah, like I think it was a missed opportunity. Like I they should have done two movies. 100% agree with all that, um, especially in hindsight. I think one of the reasons why like we're not liking Red Skull and then the Hydra agents didn't feel menacing is because the World War Two Nazis are menacing and they're real. And you're trying to compare something, put something to that, like create another element, another sort of evil in that world that already has a very relevant evil to us because it was part of our history. So yeah, they could have done a way better way of weaving that into that. And I know it was sort of set up to be the Red Skull was really the one pulling the strings or sort of the behind the spectral department of the Nazi regime or whatever. But yeah, that could have been expanded way better to where it's sort of revealed that he's the big bad he's going to have to take out in the second movie or so the third or what have you. Yeah, and don't yeah. show his face till the end. Right. Don't like, show like his face. Yeah, like he's a myth or something like yeah, that. Till yeah, till the end of the first movie. Like, let's say, oh, Red Skull, Red Skull. Who the hell is the Red Skull? Is that a code name, blah, blah, blah. Right. And at the end of the first movie, he rips his face off or he gets in a fight with Cap and he gets beat up so bad that his face falls off and he's the Red Skull. He gets away damn second movie starts off and they're trying to find him do you think they were trying to rush it though because they knew hey avengers is next yeah we got to get this done because here's the ultimate prize yeah and and when i saw this film i was like okay we need to see this film but even after seeing it the first time i was i mean kern walk out of the theater i'm like the only reason you had to have this film is because you have to have this film before you can have the Avengers. You have to the have that. Yeah. Had to have this we film. all knew he was going to get frozen by the end of it. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. no world in which he, that wasn't happening. We, we knew it was a War World II flick, but then he's going to wake up in the present world. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then you, you didn't have to worry about the characters because you knew you weren't going to see them again because they're all going to be dead by the time he wakes up. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of sucks. And then uh, the post credit scene. Is basically a commercial for the I, Avengers. I movie. think it's the one of the best, though. Really? You know, I, I loved it when I watched those. I was like, "Holy shit!" I, it's I, a I'm straight ready. up commercial, though. It's not even a post credit uh, scene. Some, there's some commercials I, I like. Know, I if if, if it's a commercial, same. it's one being played in the Super Bowl. It was that yeah. good. I, I guess. You yeah. guess? I guess. Yeah, wow. I say like the first what two thirds of this movie. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then like it just fell off. Once they like, once they get to start fighting Hydra and yeah. Red Skull's yelling and shit, it's not I'm really big on fight scenes and this these fight scenes like were garbage. Yeah. Like, yeah. Didn't like them at all. But yeah. Oh, fun fact, uh Joe Johnson directed this. He also did Jumanji, Honey I Shrunk the Kids and uh Jurassic Park Three. Alan. Alan. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> And he's actually uh, one of the VFX supervisors for the original Star Wars trilogy. So that was pretty wow. cool. Wow. Yeah. Honey, I shrunk the kids, yeah. though, is what you said. Yes. That movie, we don't talk about it a lot, but we need to. That well, is a yeah, great movie. A great we'll movie. get to it when we talk about uh, Ant Man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Here we go. Here's Here the Almighty. Go. Here we go. So the last movie uh, in phase one is The Avengers, released May 4th, 2012, uh, directed by Joss Whedon. Stars Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Tom Hiddleston, Clark Gregg, Kobe Smulders, Stellan Skarsgård, and Samuel L. Jackson. 92% of critics liked it, giving it an 8.05 out of 10 average. 91% of the audience liked it, giving it a 4.4 out of 5. Uh, it made $1.5 billion worldwide, and it made $207 million its opening weekend in the U.S. Can you repeat the cast? 
I'm just kidding. I'm just so kidding. <laughs> Rewind it. So hey, hey, th- <laughs> what, what this, this wow. literally made 1.5 billion, right? Yes. Because I have down that phase one has brought in 3.8 billion. So this is roughly a third of it. I mean, the way I'm looking at it, that's that's oh, not, more than a third. I mean, third, yeah. that's impressive, man. That impressive. Yeah, well, this, this movie. Said before this is the first time they hit a billion, and of, out of all of Phase One movies, right? Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> so Mark Ruffalo replaces Ed Norton as Bruce Banner in this movie, um, and he was actually uh, Louis Leterrier's first choice to play Bruce Banner in The Incredible Hulk, oh, yeah. but for whatever reason, uh, he didn't get cast. Moving forward to Avengers, Kevin Feige chose not to rehire Norton to reprise his role as the Hulk in Avengers. Uh, in 2014, Norton did an interview and said that he didn't come back to play the Hulk because he didn't want to get stuck playing the same character for a long period of time. However, anybody that was on Facebook knows that he posted on his Facebook that he wished things worked out. He even said, uh, you know, hopefully in the future I can come back in the in the franchise in some capacity. But he he wanted to be in the Avengers movie. Like he he made a Facebook post about that. I think everyone Terrence Howard was air punching like <laughs> He's like I feel like they were having drinks after. Like when the Avengers are eating shawarma at the end, if you pan over, it's Terrence Howard and uh That could have been me, man. <laughs> It's not Iron Man. It's Iron Man. <laughs> what do you guys think about the Avengers? What was uh, what was it like seeing it? Where'd you see it? I no, I re- I remember I was against like I said the whole like superhero movie. Um, I saw Iron Man at a friend's house, loved it, and you kind of get back into it. Then you watch, and I saw the trailer, and so I I, I saw this in theaters. It is impressive to watch this on the big screen. I really love the whole part where they have that aircraft that goes up. You know, that to me was like the most, I don't know, I loved it because it just showed everything coming together. But all those actors on one time, I thought it was amazing. You know, and they fed off each other too. It wasn't like it was like a main actor, you know, it was like, it was just the Avengers were the main character. I, I, don't, I, I loved it. I think it was great. I mean, I saw it in theaters, too. And yeah. I was like, if you would have asked me like 10 or 15 years before this came out, if this is ever going to happen, I'm like, I don't see I how they can do this. I thought, yeah. Not like in the capacity, you... not with the level of detail. I mean, I I like all of it. Like, I like the, hu- the little bit of humor that they put in there, too, with like Loki and Hulk and all that kind of stuff. The I mean, humor makes it. Yeah. I, I think it, yeah, the humor definitely. just, because it's serious. And then at one point they say something and the entire like theater will laugh. But then you get right back down to business. You're like, this yeah. is so badass. You what's know? the the uh, what's the shield agent guy? The uh, agent Coulson. Agent Coulson. When he, he's messing around with that gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets stabbed at the end, but he's like, oh, that's what that does. <laughs> it's funny because like everybody that had seen Thor, the moment he pulls that gun out, everybody's just like, oh snap, that's the that's the statue from the Thor movie. That's a destroyer. Like, I don't know. That was that was cool, man. Like, I I love a lot about this movie. I have one big beef with this movie, and Bling knows exactly what it is. What is it? I'm trying to think. Captain America's costume. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is the worst costume in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like something you can buy from Walmart. It's pajamas. Yeah. (laughs) It's really really bad. Like, and... Especially and, coming from like the first Avenger, where it's like very military you, grade, very kind of accurate to the time, and like okay. But Nick Fury can be like, "Hey, I got you this," you yeah, know. Like, there's yeah. no way. Like, and it's just, it's just, it's just like this bright blue spandex. The helmet looks like straight up plastic. Like you see him walking out of the the air carrier with uh, um, Black Widow and Hawkeye on the left and right of him, and he's just walking like like serious. And you, I, I'm supposed to take you seriously? I think that was my problem in the first one. He, he was more like a mask guy, and then like in Avengers, he's still carrying that like 
Yeah, he he yeah, looks it's like the mascot. Yeah, he has the mascot spokesperson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole point of part one, uh, first Avenger, Captain America, was that he was he went from just being a mascot to actually being Captain America. Yeah, and I feel like they put him right back in that mascot costume. And if you look at the uh, the concept art of of his current costume, it looks way different. The exact same design. Everything is the same, but for whatever reason, once they made it, the costume department, it just looks like pajamas. Which is so funny because they whole, have that whole scene explaining that or getting into that. Like that's whole, that's what Coulson wants. Like that's what he requests of him. Of like the world could use something old fashioned or <laughs> be my hero for my trading card collection, and he does it because he died. They literally had to justify that in a scene in a dialogue in the movie. What they should have done, and that's a good point you bring up. What they should have done was have him not wear the suit until after Coulson dies, yeah. because Coulson specially made it. Steve Rogers was reluctant to wear the Star Spangly pajamas. Right. So he should have done <laughs> he should have done his first mission against Loki in like a tactical suit. He should have done his second mission to stop um, Iron Man and Thor from fighting in the forest in a tactical suit. Once Coulson dies and pretty much forces the team to come together, he should have gone down to the armory, saw the suit, and he's like, you know what? Now I'll wear it. For this guy, I'll wear it. That would have made more sense. Sort of like a movie tease. Yeah. Like I think there's elements like, yes, uh, that would have been great to have that teased out. Um, I think one thing, like you said, when he went to go stop Thor and uh, Iron Man from fighting, but I think that's so iconic that they wanted him in costume because you wanted, like, again, you wanted to see that shield, you wanted to see the hammer and you want to see the blasters going all at the same shot. Like uh, that's true. Sort of like, you know what I mean? That's the one thing, but yeah, it would have been a great sort of big reveal at the end. Something we've been waiting for. I think that was really well no, because the Hulk did fight in it a lot. So I think it was really just them all together was our big what we were waiting for as a team. Yeah, the the Hulk Loki fight is legendary. Yes. I mean iconic. Yes. I mean you you really it was short, but it was like and just was, necessary was, and yeah. just amazing because. Yes. How, how many like gifts or memes like refer to? So I, it, many like Super Bowl memes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's my biggest beef. And then just some of the dialogue, like every five seconds, we have to know that Captain America is from the forties. It's yeah. like I understood that reference. reference yeah. You know, son, or there's only one God, ma'am, and he's not him. And it's just like Captain America is the worst part of this movie. Really, Captain America. Nah, I just felt like he was the weakest. I was he like, was. nah, he wasn't, he's, he wasn't, he's the worst. Nah. The worst. Hawkeye the worst. You don't like Hawkeye? No, I love Hawkeye. I love Jeremy Renner, but it's like all I do is shoot arrows. I just I don't know. Dog, he took out an mm. entire helicarrier with two <laughs> arrows by himself. himself. Yes. I don't know. And we're like, we're gonna talk about this when we get to phase two. But my biggest they problem, all should, like Jeremy, yeah. like Hawkeye and Cap, they all should have been utilized more. And oh and yeah. Just, yeah, like for whatever reason. In phase two, Hawkeye's like weak for for whatever reason, but we clearly see him take out a whole helicarrier by himself. He can fight Black Widow one on one and almost win. Like we we see him do badass shit, and in phase two, he's he's weak. Yeah, it's yeah. like as it goes by, he gets less and less badass as we see him. Hopefully, this new one where he's supposed to be Ronan will bring the badassness back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm really hoping so. In the comics, right when the Avengers and all that, who are they fighting at the very end? Like the Chitari. Okay, is that who they actually fight, or they? I mean, uh, it just seemed to really over the top. I mean, there was nothing they could have done better as far as like an end battle with them or is like, that's how they had to go. So I think you need to raise the stakes so high that it forces this amount of heroes to get together. Right. And I think in Ultimates Volume 2, I think, yeah, Ultimates Volume 2, too, yeah. that's when the Shatari come. So there's like a whole invasion of 
aliens it or whatever. It was just so over the top, though. Yeah. You know, like, but I think you need something over the top to justify okay. this yeah, team coming Avengers together. Film, you yeah. have to have something over the top because, you know, in, in the likes of the other films, you, you were kind of grounded in reality. You're fighting, fighting huge villains, but they're kind of still more localized. This is like a worldwide threat. When you get become, when you get the alien invasion, all right. Yeah. I think I think it works. I mean, plus you had you had a villain, luckily that we'd already met in Loki. Yeah. So like you didn't have to do backstory for him or anything like that. Was Thor the first introduction of the Tesseract? And uh, I'm trying to think back. Was that the first time we heard about it? In the post credit scene, that was the first time the Tesseract showed up. But Captain America: First, first Avenger was, was all about the Tesseract. Yeah. yeah. And then oh, we also got the Mind Stone in this movie too. Loki yes. Scepter yeah, is the yeah, Mind Stone. Yes. We don't know until later on, but it's introduced. Yeah. yeah, so there's that. But yeah, Avengers was cool. I remember the theater being packed. I saw everybody I knew from high school and college at the theater, yeah. which was crazy. Overall, it was cool. Captain America sucked, but yeah, yeah I, I, I like the movie. I think this film really kind of set the pace for future Marvel films because you know prior Marvel films, you could argue that it was just a guy film. You know, guy films that people that were in the comics could see. I think this film really kind of set the standard where you could anybody could see it. Like, this was the film where I think my parents actually saw in theaters. Um, I was actually, they were actually recommended to their friends. Like, it just didn't, this film wasn't just designed for the guys that were into comics. This was designed for everybody. And I think that's why it did also so well at the box office. I enjoyed the film. I saw it opening weekend. I think saw it at the 12 o'clock show. I can't argue it. But, and and it's really good. But what they did, do you not think it was a big poker game between DC and them being like, hey, we raise you and like that because now look what DC did following this movie right oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought it changed the way they try to do stuff I mean am I wrong on that or no like, I don't think this was this was in any way to compete with DC it wasn't I, but yeah, it was just but, like it was like hey like like this look, is our look, thing yeah look yeah. at what and because it's very revolutionary and I feel like DC has tried to well they tried to copy yeah they have their own DC extended universe so yes, and it I, did not work well <laughs> they tried to rush it they were behind yeah. they were behind by these five guys films. these guys did their homework and was like yeah. hey so the, we have our vision of what we want to go and here's what it is and yeah so the I, it's was pretty huge, impressive. Yeah. You yeah. know what the thing is though too? Like you got to give a lot of props to Kevin Feige because yes. like he he knows his comics and you can definitely feel like when they make these movies a lot of attention is paid to the relationships and the characters and how a lot of the characters are um you know portrayed and characterized on screen. You know, you have to, you know, bend some things here and there to fit the film format, but you have the essence of those characters still there. Like Cap is Cap Thor is Thor, Iron Man is Iron Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, etc. Like those characters are who they are on the page, and you see that on screen. They don't shy away from the fantastic elements of it. You know, in Phase One, for the most part, you know, X Men, all the costumes are black, and Spider Man, you know, things get a little bit fantastic, but for the most part, everybody's too afraid to introduce those elements and the color into films. And to Bling's point, I think what they did was create something that anybody could get into. You didn't have to be a comic book nerd or into gritty films or whatever. Like this movie, this franchise has something for everybody. Whether or not you like the Avengers, you might like Thor. If you like World War II, you like Cap. If you like billionaire playboy, more adult humor, you go to Iron Man. Like I think this franchise had something for everybody. And you see a lot of universe or universe, you see a lot of cinematic universes fail because that attention to detail, that attention to character and storytelling and world building isn't there at a lot of studios. So uh, Universal's Dark Universe, DC Comics, DCEU, it's it's more about rushing the product out the door as opposed to what Marvel did, which is 
take time, take your time yeah. and, and build things out. Do Have a right. plan. Do yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand why they're trying to, I know it's a money grab, but I, yeah, if you take your time, you'll eventually get to this own, to this place as well. And not even that much more time where if you, yeah, just establish a world. Establish I, a I feel like the characters that they had to do this with are nowhere near as relevant as DC had. It's that, like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's like they sold off some of their big characters and like they took these like, Kurt, when you were saying like maybe B or C characters in that universe and created this where DC had, you had you everything. Batman you and you had All-Star. And, All you had yeah. to do was put on a show. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, like 12, 15 years ago, you couldn't ask half the people who the hell Black Widow was or Hawkeye or Black Panther or Guardians. You couldn't ask anybody who they were because they didn't know. And now, like there are kids growing up knowing who Hawkeye is, knowing who Iron Man is, well, knowing Vision is. Vision yeah. is. Yeah, just like the most obscure characters. Like that's what planning and really good intentions and taking your time does. You can take the most obscure characters and make them beloved by millions, billions of fans worldwide and tell great stories with them. And I think yeah. I wish you a lot know, of studios like took Guardians, notice. You, like, you know them each by name now. Yeah. 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 Like, it, it's crazy. There's a raccoon. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a raccoon in the tree, and every kid knows who he is and loves yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, as we're wrapping up phase one, we're going to go around the uh, the panel, and we're going to have everybody uh, rank the six movies worst to first. Yeah? Worst to yeah, first. Worst to first. first. We're going to go ahead around the table, and we're going to rank uh, the phase one MCU films. So, Mugga, uh, how do you rank these films? I may have to watch it again because you've enlightened me to like, I've only seen it maybe two, I didn't even, I think maybe once, but I have to give Hulk the sixth. Okay. I, I, I got to, but I, I kind of, I want to watch it again. I'm, I'm curious again. Um, I'm going to go five for Captain America. I, I think I've shown my displeasure for Red Skull and the way they did all that. Uh, four, Iron Man 2. I'm going to go three, Thor. I really like Thor. Uh, two, Avengers, which if that's weird, I, I have to go number one, Iron Man. Just the one that started all that's, that's the six, how I'm raking it. I, out of all these six, I want to go back and watch Hulk now more than anyone because it's like, I don't, maybe you said some things, I'm like, well, maybe I fucking missed it. I don't know. I no, want to watch I'm it. I'm literally again. in the same boat with Thor where I'm like, you guys are saying that stuff. I'm like, maybe I should give it another yeah, watch. I, like, maybe I, I'm I just being an watch, asshole. I want to watch Hulk again. You yeah, know, I'm on so. the same page with Thor. But yeah, that's the way I would rank it. All right, Jason, what about you? Um, I'm pretty sure mine's going to be pretty similar, if not the same as Mugga's. So I think my number six would be The Incredible Hulk. Number five. Oh, this is the tough one. Uh, I think I'm gonna put Thor. Why are we putting Hulk at six? Though? I just want to know, because it has no relevance to like the whole cinematic universe, or I, I don't. I, I I really think I to answer. I'm sorry if yeah, I'm. But, no. I think that like it happened, and I didn't think it was good, and I've brushed it under the rug, and I've have never like revisited it. I, and but like you guys talk about, oh, I, I think I need to revisit it. You know, Marvel. like. It's not true. I don't. I don't. I don't know. The one thing I I didn't like Abomination is that his name at the end. Yeah. 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 So I I'll be honest. Like I, again, I was excited to see Edward Norton and all that kind of stuff. But and I was kind. I was pretty well invested in the movie watching it. But I did not. I didn't like Abomination. I liked Tim Roth. I liked the scene we were right. talking about earlier right. with the tank and like him being kind of superhuman but still human. Right. Um, but Abomination, I was like, nah, nah. I, I just I, I I don't know. I couldn't get into it, and it kind of killed the movie for me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. That, that's me personally. I've hated the first Hulk like we were talking about that came on 2003. So, I mean, it was a definite improvement. But, again, I, yeah, six for me. Um, five, I think I'm going to put Thor. I like Thor. I'm kind of in the same boat as the rest of you. I need to give it another try because I think I watched it once when it first came out twice not that long ago. Uh, but, I mean, that's it. So, number four, 
Although I like Cats in America a lot, I think I'm going to put Cats in America there. Okay. Um, again, mostly because of the rushed violence and like action at the end. I wish we would have spent more time and kind of like Kerwin was saying, maybe divided it up. Three, I guess I'm going to put Iron Man 2 there. And then two Avengers and then one Iron Man. It's the bottom three that are tough because yeah. the top three are easy. They're so tough, man. Uh, I think uh, for for six, I'm going to go Incredible Hulk six, Captain America five, Iron Man two, four. Thor's going to be my third favorite. Then I'm going to go Avengers, then Iron Man. You have the exact same as me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bling, what about you? Well, mine's going to be a little different from you guys. So Here we go. My, my sixth film would be Captain America. Uh, didn't like how it just... It, it was felt like a wasted film. No really big fight scene at the end. It was just, we need to introduce Cap so we can have an Avengers film. So that's my six. Fifth would actually be Thor. Then fourth would be The Incredible Hulk. Uh, three would be Iron Man 2. Two would be, two I would actually give it Iron Man 1. And then number one's gotta be The Avengers. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost the same. You're just flipping the, the bottom, three. bottom three, top three, yeah. Yeah, all right, Dominic, what about you? It actually be the same as uh, Kerwin's and uh, Mugs, honestly. That's that's exactly how I, I picked Hulk, it. Hulk six. Yeah. Captain five. Captain five. Uh, Iron Man two. Iron Man four. Two. Thor three. Avengers two. Yeah. And Iron Man one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Justin, what about you? Hopefully Thor moved up. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say similarly. Um, although I am willing to say maybe I was a little too harsh on it. I'm still gonna keep Thor at my bottom. Again, not for the sake of sounding Thor, but in the company it's with, it's pretty, pretty, pretty uh, competitive. So I'm gonna go Thor six, uh, Captain America five. Uh, what was the other one? The you got, you got Avengers. Hulk, yeah. Oh yes, the Hulk is four, and then Iron Man two, and then Avengers and Iron Man one is got number it. one. Right. So we all have in one and two, Iron Man and Cap. I mean, in Avengers, we all have that. Whether it's one or two or flip, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of go different <laughs> styles on the other four. You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, like. Some of us like Thor, some of us don't. Some of us like Hulk, some of us don't. Yeah. Captain America seems to like just Hover. up and down. Yeah, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, but that yeah. changes in phase two for sure. Oh, yeah. Phase two oh, yeah. is going to change. Yeah. Captain America, yo, he, he owns the rest of these movies for yeah. sure. Um, I would say phase three too, no? Phase three, yeah. yeah he oh, owns yeah. Like both. Yeah. 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 So, real quick, let's run through our favorite post credit scene. Mugga, what's your favorite post? I've already said it. I, I love the Captain America one. Oh, so I, I, I don't know why. I just, I, it might have been one of the first ones that I did see, but I, I just remember when that happened, I was like, holy shit. Like, I guess I kind of had a glimpse that this is something more than just one movie. But uh, yeah, I, I have to give that one the credit of my favorite. All right, Jason. This one's tough, but I think it was uh, Thor's Hammer. I think that that w- when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god, this is freaking awesome!" See, I, gonna- I think I did see it, but I just didn't know enough about shit, like what was going on. I was like, "That doesn't mean anything." What the hell's going on? I yeah. So you know about shit, but you know about Thor or the Marvel universe? <laughs> you fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, as a refresher, do you remember what the post credit scene was for um uh, for Thor? Uh, it was um it was Doctor Doctor Selvig arriving at um Pegasus, which is in Captain Marvel, same set. And uh, he runs into uh, Nick Fury, and they're like, "Oh, can you work on this?" And he opens the box, and the Tesseract's right, in it. Right. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, I'm gonna say Thor. Um, as great as the Nick Fury one was in Iron Man One, 
Like it didn't feel real. Like the idea of this universe didn't feel real until you saw Iron Man two and then you saw Thor's hammer. Yeah. Like that's when it felt like, okay, this is really happening. So I'm gonna go with the Iron Man twos end credit scene. Bling. Mine would have to be the Nick Fury reveal at the end of Iron Man. Here's why too, because Nick Fury, the original origin, he was a he was actually a white guy. You know, you know, World War Two. He was ended. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. In, in the 90s, they actually, what do you call it, they redid him as a, uh, you know, the current Nick Fury model we have now. People saw the comparison. He looks a lot like Samuel L. Jackson. No, 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 This is what happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> Marvel launched the ultimate yeah. line in the early 2000s, um, you know, as a way to be a little more accessible, I think. The ultimate storyline featured way more overt themes, adult themes. Um, one of the major things in the ultimate Marvel line was that when a character died, they stayed dead. And that was it. And it was supposed to put a lot of these characters in this uber realistic world, which is why S.H.I.E.L.D. has such a presence. So for Nick Fury, um, I think it was Brian Michael Bendis who wrote The Ultimates. Bendis wrote it. I think so, yeah. Because was it Mark Miller? Bendis did Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man. I think he did Ultimates, yeah. But um, yeah, so Nick Fury was redesigned with Sam Jackson's likeness and they actually got Samuel L. Jackson's permission to use his likeness as the character. So when it came to casting him, they said, why don't we just ask Sam Jackson? So they asked him to come in on like a Saturday you know, randomly and can you film the scene for Iron Man? He's like, okay, sure, whatever. And he left. Yeah. And they filmed it well after production. And, so. and that's such a great, like how it ties in. They actually got him to do it. And so that, that has to be the greatest post-credit scene. All right, Dominic, what's your favorite post-credit scene? Uh, I'm on the same page as Muggs. This uh, scene cap, just and, you know, going one-on-one with the... It, 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 it wasn't like it was just a scene. Like yeah. they tried to trick you as far as like your set place and his, t- and it's just like... Wait, that's not the post-credit scene. That's the was. ending of the movie where he wakes up in New York. That's, that's not the not end. The ending. That's not the end credit. That's a post credit. No, that's before the. Credits. That's like a mid credit. Yeah. No, 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 no. Sure. That's, no, no because because yeah. after what he crashes, he he wakes up in a hotel and he's like, "What's the score?" And the yeah. nurse says, "Oh, it's this and that." And he's just like, "That's funny. I was at that game." Yeah, that's not the post. And then he runs out, and then he gets caught up in Times Square. Right. And, uh, no, and then he no, says, "I had a date," and the movie ends. Yeah. Then after the credits, it shows him. With a punching, punching bag, bag that scene from Avengers, Avengers, and then it turns oh, into then a I'm totally, I'm talking yeah, about. But yeah, yeah. you think yeah, it, Oh, I'm thinking, of the, the I'm thinking of the end of the movie. I'm thinking of the end of the movie. Then my bad. So, what's your favorite post-credit scene then? The punching bag is the post-credit, right? That's yeah. the post-credit. Yeah, yeah, that's scene. the one I'm talking about. Okay, so yeah. Mugga, yeah, I don't have that one. Yeah, so, <laughs> all right, you're right. Yeah. Well, the one he's punching—that's mine. Yeah, I picked that one. Your favorite is Captain America. Justin, what's your favorite post-credit scene? Mine, for the same reason as yours, but a different one, would be the Incredible Hulk post-credit, just because Tony Stark showing up was such a huge fucking deal, especially to that movie. Like, it just added in that, and that was to me when I was like, when I was like, holy shit, this is happening. Like what we saw on Shield. Like I felt like Shield was a prediction, maybe you know. Oh, when he says they're they're putting something together, right? Like, like yeah, we saw Sam Jackson, but now Tony Stark's here, and he said Shield, and like holy shit, it's happened. Like yeah, for me that one got me so effing amped at the time. Like yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, So we're about to wrap it up, um, and I just have one more question, guys. If Tom Cruise <laughs> was, I wasn't do this. If Tom Cruise was in any of these phase one films. Are we going one by one? Like no, just or? all six. Out of all six, what's uh, one role he would play? Mugga, take it away. Why do I gotta start? Alright, we can start with Justin. Please. Alright, Justin, I, yeah. if Tom Cruise is in phase yeah, one, 
what role is he playing? Do you mean in what, one in each movie or one one, one character out of, out of all six? Oh Jesus Christ! If we want to do a gender swap, I can kind of see him doing the Black Widow after that. <laughs> <laughs> so. He's got the long hair, right? He's playing Ethan Hunt essentially. What what if what if he turned into a smaller green Tom Cruise for the Hulk? <laughs> Tall. <laughs> Tall. 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 No, I probably. I'd probably have to go with Starkish the most. I could see him doing that more than Banner. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool. Mugga, what about you? I just, I cannot take away the cast of the Avengers and those guys, but you might hate me for this. I, I think he might have been a good Loki. I don't know. I, I think he would have been great on Asgard, all that. I don't know. And then the villain in the first Avengers, and I don't know. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Loki. Yeah. All right. Bling? I'm going to say the Red Skull. I think he can play a crazy person. It, so. it would have been better than what they had <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah. Like. yeah, I think him being just having a power trip and being crazy, that's Tom Cruise. Let's get that man a couch. Uh, Jason, what about you? So it doesn't have to be an Avenger. It be anyone in the movies, correct? Anybody. I think the Tim Roth character. Oh. oh he's running a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and fast. And he's super fast. I don't know. No special effects needed for that. <laughs> yeah. Dominic, you got yours? Maybe Agent Coulson. Okay. 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 I can see that. Just like a supporting, like just like just cool swap. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, man. Now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of like your pick, yeah, Jason. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Sam Rockwell's character. Well, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. just like uh, could like he a, have been Nick Fury? No. no. Has to be Samuel Jackson. It has right? to be. Has Samuel to be. I'm just throwing it out there. Inception. Let it. Let it. Let it blossom. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. But um. All right, yeah, so that's the end of phase one. Uh, we'll get into phase two uh, in our next episode. But um, as Tom Cruise would say, fuck you, Sally. <laughs> we haven't changed that. Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's 2-0, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening.